On this episode of the Goal Line Fade, Dallas Mavericks have new leadership. Do we expect changes? This and more. Play the music. And we are here today to mainly just talk about all the changes happening with the Dallas Mavs. And thank goodness that there are changes happening with the Dallas Mavs because we would have absolutely nothing to talk about right now if that was the case. Football's all noise. The Rangers won three in a row, so that's exciting. Too bad they lost like 72 in a row before that. So not much in the sports world going on besides the craziness going on with the Mavs. So before we get started on Mavs, how are you doing, my man? What's up? I'm good, man. Uh, getting ready to take a trip this uh, couple of days. Like I think I told you last time, we're uh, we're going to Vegas over the Fourth of July weekend. So nice. Getting all that ready, getting prepped for for the um, monstrosity that is Vegas, and and uh, you know, getting the world right. How about you? I'm doing well, man. When's the last time you were in Vegas, by the way? Uh, it's been like two. Like two years, give or take. Okay, so you've probably yeah. seen the Absinthe show, I would assume. Uh, Absinthe. I'm trying to remember the name of the show we saw. It's I like, it's in a tent. Yes, okay. Like really, yes. really yeah. derogative and racist and sexual. And yeah. it's like Cirque du Soleil with Dave Chappelle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We did, we saw that. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's in the... Caesar's Palace, right? Yeah, right in front of Caesar's. Yeah, we saw that we were staying at Caesar's last time. Cool. I, I was going to suggest that if you did not. But that is like my, like anybody that goes, I'm like, you must see this. It's like so intimate because you're in like a little tent, right? And it's like, yeah, just you're right on. Like I remember my heart was beating and I was sweating because they were so close to me. And I was the roller like, skate. The, I don't know if they, you know. Yeah, they did. That's what they did for me. Yeah. The, the roller skate thing where they do the spins and you're like, six feet away it's like dude if he lets go of her somebody's gonna die in this room it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's nuts it's crazy it it's funny you say dave Chappelle because that's what spurred the song we got tickets to see Chappelle huh. in vegas uh so then we were like okay well i guess we're going to vegas and booked the vacation around that so nice little, nice weekend. so how about you how are you i'm good man you know uh not a whole lot going on with us really it's kind of the it's kind of the dead zone. I'm kind of disappointed right now, man, because right now is when we're like three weeks, four weeks away from uh, normally from, you know, training camp opening. Sure. But you have all the rumors really churning with basketball, because as you know, uh, NBA free agency traditionally is over the 4th of July. Now, last summer, we actually had NBA basketball in the bubble happening right now to kind of fill this void um, of the dead zone of summer, so to speak. And then we also had the stars, you know, starting back up. It was a lot going on. And then, you know, years past, it's always been free agency happening. This is when the rumors start, like, big time, right? They can start making verbals on July 1st normally. So we, we're looking at middle of August, end of August for all of this this year. So I'm just trying to deal with that. And um, luckily, like I stated on the intro, the Mavs have kind of kept things going, you know. But 
which is which is cool bad and exciting and scary and who knows what whatever else that's going to be but yeah man I, i've been chilling man just living life having a great time i'll tell you what man um ea sports has for like six years in a row now given me a beta code for madden they like ask me to try it out and give my thoughts uh they do you can sign up to get the beta right like there's a, an email, they, they select just a few users. And then sometimes on the, on social media, they give people But literally I, I get one every single time. Cause I think I actually give constructive feedback and I've talked about it on past podcasts and uh, that was kind of cool. I'm actually really looking forward to it. So I wanted to kind of talk about Madden real fast, if that's okay yeah, with you. Totally. Absolutely. So Madden 22 cover boys, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, by the way, if you didn't know. This, I think this one might be up your alley if you want to get into next-gen gaming. Like, like you should go to Target, spend $299 to get the Xbox One S. That fucker is like this big. Yeah. It's called a Series S, excuse me. It's so tiny. Um, the games load, like, I'm telling, like, like, imagine playing a Nintendo game with no loads time. No load times, excuse me. That's how it is on here, right? It wow. can run smooth, smooth. It's an amazing console. Anywho, back to Madden. They put so much work into franchise. It is crazy. It is crazy. Like the first thing I notice is I'm Mike McCarthy. I started a franchise with the Cowboys, right? So I'm Mike McCarthy. And the first thing that they do is Mike McCarthy is talking about Tom Brady playing week one versus Tampa, Thursday night football. They ask how I think I'm going to stop Tom Brady. So then all of a sudden comes up an A choice, a B choice, and a C choice, right? I say A, so then a challenge comes up, says during this game, hold Tom Brady to under 200 yards passing, and you get an XP boost to your coaching staff and such, right? Yeah. You can actually build and upgrade your coaches that are under you um, now in the game. There's a scouting. They're not quite done with scouting yet, which is unfortunate. The game drops in August. They said the patch for scouting won't start until September and it will reset everyone's franchises. So if you're a listener of our podcast and you love playing Madden, don't touch franchise till September when they do the patch because you'll lose all of your progress. Unless you just want to play one season real quick before it's done and win a Super Bowl, then you're cool starting over. But there's home, home field advantage. So you get like perks when things happen. Your button, like when you're, if you throw a pick, the next time you're on offense, buttons will disappear for receivers. Like you won't be able to tell who's the Y button or who's the A button. Some of the routes will scramble. There's just so much going on, man. They uh, integrate next-gen stats into the game for how the players move and what they do. It it feels incredible. It feels better. Still doesn't quite look like what I would expect a next-gen title to look like. It looks damn good and better than PlayStation 4 and better than Xbox. I'm playing it on my Series X, Xbox. But unfortunately, because you can't go buy a fucking Xbox anywhere or a PlayStation 5, they still have to make it for the old console because they'd be stupid. They'd be cutting themselves, you know, they'd be cutting out all the, all of that. So yes, Madden is very, very, very cool. And all of these changes that I've mentioned are only on the next-gen hardware. So I, I think you're pretty much playing like a reskin version of last year if you buy it on another console. I think which which has been kind of the m the mo for the past yeah. you know two decades but that's exciting i'm gonna have to you know i i will have to uh give it a shot whenever i come over for the draft 
Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, you know I have it fired up, ready to go. And I got it on my Series X. Sure. Yeah, if you dig it, the cheapest way to get into next-gen gaming is that Xbox Series S. It's being $299, and then you can get... I'm telling you, dude, like, bro, like, my buddy at work just got one just for Forza. He loves race car games, right? He walked into GameStop and bought it because you can find the S in some GameStops now. And he signed up for Game Pass for a dollar for freaking 90 days. Just wow. $1. So he's playing, there's 100 games on there. They have every first party game, Madden's on there. The MLB The Show is on there day one, you know, but he's playing the Forza games, which cost 60 bucks a pop. And he's just jamming those on that thing, just ready to roll. And then, uh, and then after that, it's like $15 a month for Game Pass is what it is. And that's with your Xbox Live subscription too. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool service, dude. That's like cool. I'm a... Yeah. I'm an Xbox guy. I like my PlayStation 5 as well, but dude, Game Pass is stupid. Like, seriously, man. Every they announced 30 games at E3. Like, I know I'm a nerd and I'm sorry for everyone. I'm nerding out so hard, but they announced 30 brand new games coming to Microsoft. 27 of them are day one game pass. Like, literally, you don't have to purchase them. If you have that subscription, it just appears. It's yours that day. That's pretty cool. It's like, pretty and cool. then EA Access is tied into it. So Madden's EA, so that means just by having, so like just for instance, because you have that service, you can try Madden free for 10 hours. When Madden becomes part of the vault, you'll just get it. Like that's why Madden is free right now, Madden 21. It's just some hellified awesome perks, dude. It's it's crazy. I wonder when they're, even if they raise it to $20 a month, it's still an incredible deal. Like, yeah, that's, that's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's, may, I may have to give that a run. I may have to give that a shot. It's cool. Like I said, and, and you don't have to, the S what's badass about it is it's just so tiny and it's paying $300 is not a huge investment. Like, you know what I mean? Like as opposed to 500 or whatever. And it is so crisp, so fast. Like Hudson has one. It is, it is baller. It's really cool. It's really cool. But, but alas, alas, my next part that I, I kind of want to stand right out. If, if you're listening to my podcast right now, if you're listening to our podcast and if you're a scalper, fuck you. I'm telling you that right now. Thank you for listening, but fuck you. Yeah. I swear, I'm trying to help a buddy get a PS5. It is impossible. Like, geez, man. Like, I get it. You can't go in a store to get most things right now. But God, this online, like, I'm a big nerd, as you all can tell if you're watching the video portion of this. I've got Wonder Woman in the background, my Street Fighter thing. I talk about wrestling, stuff like that. I'm also a Nintendo fanboy when I'm at Xboxing or PlayStationing. And like Metroid is one of my favorite game franchises of all time, right? They announced for the first time in 19 years there's a new Metroid game coming out. I'm excited. I'm freaking like going bonkers, right? And I'm like, okay, that means that I bet you they're going to have a special edition for this. So I'm a little bit wiser than the average bear. So I go to my phone, go to Wario64, who's a man who is the, that is the guy to follow if you're looking for anything, by the way. He tweets everything that's nerd-related when it comes on sale the second it does. You need a PS5, that's your dude. You're still fighting bots, but you get a better chance than anybody else. Anywho, he tweeted that it was available at Best Buy, the special edition, so I got in and got one. Those things are selling for almost $300 on eBay right now. A $70 special edition of Metroid. $300. That's Isn't that crazy? That's insane, man. Oh my gosh. It's, I'm, I'm happy I got one, but it's just it, like today it pissed me off. I had like an Xbox, uh, PlayStation 5 in my cart via Best Buy like six different times trying to help my buddy Bryson get one. And I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't do it. Oh, it's frustrating. And I just, I don't know why I put myself in these situations trying to help people get them. 
I've helped like six people get consoles, but I just, I feel like, feel like I need to feel like I got to be that guy. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're a good Samaritan. You're kinder than most because most people would say get fucked. You know? Yeah, yeah, for real. I, I like. I think I like the, the the turn down. I don't know. I don't get. I don't get told no very often. So I think I like the failure. Fair enough. Being, being in sales, you know, I'm a weirdo. So it's just like it's like a challenge type thing. Sure. You know? sure. I get that. All right. So let's. I'm done with my rants. Uh, Madden is cool. Um, if you haven't bought Madden in a few years, this is the year to buy it, in my opinion. So yeah. we'll get to the we'll get to the maps now, right? Speaking of video game news, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast yet, there's this very strong rumor that Luca is going to be the cover boy for NBA 2K this year. That would be dope. Yeah. Be dope. And the rumor is Dirk's going to be on the legend cover of the game. That would be so dope. There has never been a Dallas Maverick on the cover of a video game. I know. I know. Oh. Kinda, I want it to happen because it's awesome, but I'm also going to have to buy three copies of the damn game. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Because I'm going to totally buy the Dirk, which is 100, yeah. the Luca version, and frame both of them, and then have uh, buy a digital version to play, I guess, yeah. on my PS5 or my Xbox. So yeah, like, that's mean, cool. It's never, I mean, it's, I mean, shit, dude. The last time a Dallas Cowboy was on the cover was Daryl Johnson, game day 95 on Sony PlayStation. Wow, really? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. And then before that, it was primetime yeah. Sega. And then it was Troy Aikman Sega football the year before that, which was like 91 and 92, probably. Yeah. Long, yeah. yeah we you know we don't have a lot of i i guess what you darvish was on the cover of the show at one point right wasn't he was he not no sir no what am nope. i thinking? no we- rangers no stars the closest we've come is the now head coach of the dallas mavs which we're about to get into was on the cover of nba live like the season he got traded to dallas i believe which, yeah, which happened at the all-star break oh eight i think it was yeah. like after they they just went to like two championships in a row the nets with jason kidd and lost i believe well it was it was the the nets going to the championship was like the earlier part of that decade like 2002 2003 oh, so it was about two years after right yeah it was, like, was like it the last year of his deal yeah 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 so, so that was the close and then terrell owens i guess on the on the nfl 2k5 I, I guess because a year later he was on the Cowboys, but yeah, but he was in an Eagles uniform. So yeah. Off. Yeah. So it's still, so it's a thing. So for me, it's a very big deal. Like sure. it's, it's, it's something, you know, so I'm very intrigued by seeing if this is news normally 2k for anybody listening at home or for you, Brian, uh, normally 2k releases all of their info in July on cover athletes and all that good stuff. So it's a coming because July is in like two days. So yeah. I'm intrigued to see uh, what happens there. So back to the nitty gritty. Keep getting to focus with video game nerd shit. First off on this podcast, we talked about Jason Kidd way before Jason Kidd was even a thing. Well before Rick Carlisle was even stepping down, even before Donnie Nelson was fired. We talked about Jason Kidd and Portland. And the reason why I took his name out because we thought that he wanted to see what happened with Dallas and Lakers. To be clear, you thought. I did not. I, that was me. I, I very much did not think so. You. I was trying to be were, humble. Yeah. I, no, no, no. I, I absolutely did not. I uh, am very surprised by this. And then here we go. And I, I've been feeling it. Like, I know you listen, you, you listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. And you told me you've listened to Locked On 
and they were talking about how he's a backstabber. It's not a thing. People in the know are not about it. And I, I told you, I was like, I still, I still have a feeling. So we're going to put move Jason Kidd to the back burner. Good. Okay. Yeah, I got first I off. Got, I've got more to say about Nico than I do Kidd. Perfect. Perfect. That's who we're going to talk about first. So last, whenever we were trying to fill the position um, on the podcast, two podcasts ago or last podcast, can't remember, I said to you, I really don't care. I want people that will attract players. This is what I want. Yeah. Like I, I have realized, I forgave Rondo kind of, that Rick Carlisle is an asshole. He's a great coach. And he totally belongs where he's at now in the Pacers because you know what the Pacers are? They're like always good. They're not great. No. They're not bad. They're just always damn good. A they team like that, they don't get the superstars. They're they draft well, they make good seed. trades. They're a perennial six seed. Yeah. Make the playoffs. They may, may pull off an upset and win one, you know, win one series. That's it. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they've always, I mean, gosh, even when Reggie Miller was there, they were always fighting that up through battle. And they, they were a damn fine team, but they're just, they're the definition of, to me, they're like one of the last few holdovers of 90s basketball is yeah. what they're, what them as a team kind of reminds me of, right? So What's good for him. He goes to a situation. I think that all parties are going to be better because of it personally. Yeah. A lot's come out about Luca relationships, everything else. So that's a story for another day, right? Oh, real Mavs. quick, before we move on, sure. Just, and we, we don't have to go down long, but I do I do want to say this. The the story when when all this first started to break, it was Bob's an asshole, right? Vegas Bob is an asshole. Then it was Mark's an asshole. Right. And then it was, well, sorry, it was Vegas Bob's an asshole. Then it was Rick's an asshole. Now it's Rick, Luca's an asshole. Yeah, and now it's turning to Luca as an asshole. Fuck that. Eh. No, I'm not buying it. I, I Again, this is what we were talking about before before we started recording. News or noise, that whole, that's all fucking noise. That's bullshit. That is people just trying to fill column inches because they don't have any interviews. They don't really know exactly how the organization's going to function. And so they're just looking for shit to talk about. Fuck I would off. punch, I would punch Kendrick Perkins in the mouth yeah. by Solomon Public. Yeah, yeah. And he would probably kill me, but yeah. I would do it. But and if you're listening, Kendrick Perkins, DM me, and I will <laughs> not show up to the address that I give you. But uh, no, uh, Siri, uh, true story though. Um, okay, so Michael Jordan was an asshole, and so was Kobe, and they're fucking winners. So let's 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 not make shit. Even if Luca's an asshole, good. Yeah, he wants the fucking win, and he's mad that his teammate went to a titty bar after a playoff game. Yeah. Okay, what's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing at all. There's not a damn thing wrong with that. I don't want a candy soft. I mean, Larry Bird was an asshole too. You named a few. Name. Tell me a legit. LeBron is an asshole. All of them. All of the like top tier. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. You know who's not an asshole? Joel Joel Embiid. Yeah. Uh, How far do they go? And you know what, man? For the majority of his career, Dirk wasn't an asshole, but. There's that small about a five-year window where he you could go back and watch 2005 to 2012, that five to seven-year window. Yeah. He was a dick on the court too. If yeah. he thought you were fucking around, if he thought you were costing him a chance to win a game, he would climb in your ass and do a cartwheel. 
So this, this is all bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's leadership, man. You're supposed to. And that's good because that's what he didn't have. And we talked about this on this podcast that we thought one of the main reasons why in the ebb and flows of the season, the Mavs would play down to their competition a lot is on Luca, yeah. Not because he's a bad player, not because he's not serious, because he's a kid. And it's kind of like playing a game. Like, I, it's tough to draw it to a video game, but if I'm playing 2K and I'm playing against a shitty team, I'm not alert, like zoned in and care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jack around a little bit, shoot more threes than I should, try things I normally don't do. That's kind of like my practice mode, right? Sure. So I, I'm not saying that that's exactly what the attitude is because they're professionals, but for sure, yeah. when your leader of your team is not taking it, like, hey, surely i'm sure luca gets more geared up to play against the lakers than he would houston no doubt right and look and all all players in all sports do that right to some extent the the catch is when you're less mature it's the extent becomes greater and, and how noticeable it is becomes greater sure so yes it's still an issue but people are i i People saying like Brian Windhorst was on the fan a day or two ago saying that he didn't think people are going to want to come play with Luca because he seems like an asshole. Fuck you. Fuck you. His entire career was made by sucking LeBron's dick. I don't want to hear it. He's it a still is. Yeah, still absolutely. Is. Absolutely. Less so now that LeBron's not in Cleveland, but still I'm out. Yeah. No, no. You're full of shit. No. Again, name me a superstar basketball player who isn't at least from time to time an asshole to his teammates when he feels like they're fucking off. Look at Kawhi Leonard. He's Kawhi the biggest weirdo asshole man. in the world. Absolutely. Maybe the only one I can think of maybe is Kevin Durant. Doesn't really seem like a dude who's yelling and screaming all that much. On Twitter. On Twitter on, he on is. Twitter, totally different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, right. but on the court, seems like a pretty chill dude. But I could also argue that Kevin Durant has never won a championship when he didn't have that guy. And Draymond Green is that dude. Oh yeah. You know, all those years, all the, the multiple times that Kevin Durant has gotten close to winning a championship, but didn't do it, be it in Oklahoma or this year, maybe he didn't have that guy, but when he had Draymond, they were, they were either won a championship or at least got to the finals every year because Draymond Green is the leader of that team. He's not the yeah. best player, but he's the leader. So fuck all that. Yes. Yes. And you know what, man? Like, it, it just, it's cool. It is what it is, man. You know, the Mavs are a very attractive team right now with one of the more attractive players. And it's just going to get worse if he is indeed the cover boy of the biggest video game, sports video game in the world right now, which is 2K. And it's just stories like this. That's what's going to happen. And it's sure. something we're not used to because we don't have the focal point. And the NBA is so big and it's yeah. so, so it's such a huge conglomerate and people just, I don't know, man, like, like I said, you know, going back to it, when we talk about the new GM, you know, my whole thought press here is that this all starts July 1st, two days when they have the ability to extend Luca and apparently they will. Yeah. And what are they going to do to ensure that this is a, this is a, this, this marriage has 10 more years into it, that we're getting not a, not a forced trade out, not a, leaving after free agency type deal like what's what's it going to take to make this a thing where this team can sustain and be really really good to yeah. go from the era of dirt to really where we had about a two two years down but being a non-competitive team 
is really, really, that's not many brand bases can say that, you know? No, not at all. And to, to go through the perk, to go through the peak and to think that this team has the capability to be, because Luca has the ability to be one of the three best players in the league and MVP, which means our team is going to be one, two, or three. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's exciting. It's a lot to take in. So, you know, my thought process throughout this whole search is I just want somebody who's going to attract players. And the Mavs went outside of the box. And what's huge about this is the amount of players, writers, coaches, NBA executives were showing love for this man. And this is the new GM for the Mavs, Nico Harrison from Nike, from freaking Nike. Yeah. Uh, he has, he was Kobe's guy. It's funny because I'm the one talking about Jason Kidd being the coach. You're the one peddling for DeMar DeRozan, you know, beating your fist for that. And there's a lot, there's a lot of links there right now, whether or not that's going to come to fruition or not. But there is a, there is a big time. That would be cool if this podcast was two for two on two of those moves, by the way. That's a, no, no one else was saying those two things. I can guarantee you until it started becoming a thing within the yeah. last week or two. No, right? they, weren't, they weren't talking about it a month ago like we were. Yeah. So I'm intrigued. So Nico, this is his first gig. He's been with Nike for a very, very long time. The players freaking love him, including be, this is a big reason why the Damian Lillard news is going nuts right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And to be clear, this is his first gig. We are far from the first team who tried to get him. We were right. the first team who was able to get him. There's, I was reading a report the other day that said something in the neighborhood of 12 to, 12 to 15 teams have tried to get them at high levels in the front office. Maybe not at not all of them where he is the general manager, but sure. still high level positions in their front office. So, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, apparently him and Jay Kidd or, love each other. They have a they great relationship and it was kind of a package deal. They were both down from day one, been working on this, right? Yeah. So that's dope. That's awesome. So the one good thing is because of the, the player connections, right? That is going to be huge because Donnie, while he was very good at finding some things and, and, and placing together, I, I, this is a relationship league. You be you're like LeBron has been able to form a super team because he's friends with people, right? And and we have had a huge disadvantage for basically twenty years in that regard because those friendships and bonds and the discussions those are all formed forged. Uh, primarily, not entirely, but primarily through Team USA. Right. And we have had our, our best players uh, over the last 20 years primarily have been European people who aren't playing on Team USA. Donnie is not all that well, was, is not, was not all that well connected to the U.S. All of his connections are in Europe, which is why we were <clears throat> excuse me, able to get Luca, <clears throat> able to find Dirk, why he was able to pick out Giannis, right. you know, all that kind of stuff, but it has hurt us in regards to connections with U.S. Sure. players. So, so this is huge. This doesn't change. I don't think this fixes overnight. Like I'm telling, you know, like my boss was really, really down on the kid hiring. And then he got really excited when I was, you know, screenshotting what athletes were saying about Nico and sending it to him. And he got almost to the point of, oh my gosh, it's going to change everything. There's the one positive side is going to, I think the amount of meetings we might have, like for instance, like Kimball Walker, let's use him for an example. Yeah. We never even got to meet with him. It was a rumor for two weeks that we had a real shot to land the dude. And then all of a sudden Boston cleared cap space. And then there you go. They signed him, right? There wasn't even a meeting. I think Nico 
no longer people care about fucking Mark Cuban. It's about Nico, yeah. right? Like Darren Williams says, I would have signed here um, way back when in 2012 if Mark Cuban would have not been recording Shark Tank. Well, if Nico was there, it's probably a different story. Yeah, because he's the guy. Bad. It's not about the owner. Mark Cuban was always bigger than Donnie Nelson. Yeah. Right? Mark, I don't think Mark... Now, Mark Cuban's still his guy. He can still meddle. Fans can say what's, what's going to go on. I can. But, will. Will meddle. That's okay. It is what it is. Yeah. But go ahead. I would meddle if I owned a team. Absolutely. I'm not even going to lie. I don't I, like all the things he does, but I don't fault him for it. I'd meddle all the fucking time. I'd be constantly. I would. Yeah, be I'd be the coach. Than him. I would probably coach my team. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. I think at I would. Least, I'd at least try it for a season. I'd be like Eddie. Look, like Whoopi Goldberg, man. I'd be on there. I'd, I'd get it. I'd do well. I'd grow my dreads <laughs> out, man. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd get it done. Yes. I get it done. But I, I think that Nico is gonna draw that attraction. So I'm intrigued to see who we get to talk to or who we're in talks to when that romance period. Go ahead. What's up? The tip of the cap for the Eddie reference. Go ahead. Oh, you're welcome. You're right. good, I like that movie. I like that movie a lot. Thank you very much. The, uh, <laughs> the, oh, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, I, I think fine. that he's going to, that romancing period that we're going to have a little bit more talking to people, which is good, which is damn, damn good. Well, now, the drawback, let me ask your opinion of this. This is the one thing I'm worried about. And I could be incorrect, man, because fucking James Jones in Phoenix was just, exec of the year and pulled off some amazing things right sure trading is one thing yeah that i'm kind of worried about right now okay so there's there's multiple there's the trading i'm with you on the trades right and there's Just because you get schooled you don't know right yeah. we're, we're a team that needs to hire scouts and get better at drafting not losing a bunch of draft picks right now yeah we're a team that maybe needs to look to trade kp get a good player to and draft pack draft pick compensation back these are things that i would like the Mavs to start doing because this is something they've not built their foundation on is yeah. bringing in things like that so i'm intrigued to see if a man in his first gm role is going to be i don't think he's going to be gun shy because he's out to prove he's a baller but i'm wondering if he's going to be able to take an advantage of a little bit Maybe you not. know, he's going to have a target on his back. Every team out there is at least the, the really sharky GMs are going to be looking at that going, I'm going to fleece this dude. Right. You know, that, so, and there's another aspect that worries me a little bit about the hire. And this, it, 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 I, I'm less even worried about the him getting fleeced in trades thing than I am this other aspect. Because you've got Finley there who's been in the front office basically right next to Donnie for the last five years. Right. Mark is going to be involved in trades. There's other people that will, they're not going to let him get completely fleeced. But what does worry me is you're bringing Nico in, like you said, for relationships with top tier players, which is something this organization has been missing. But a huge part of being a GM is not just the top two or three spots on the roster but it's the bottom 12 spots on the roster and at that point <clears throat> constructing the roster relationships may help a little right but it's at that point it's it's going to be about player evaluation not just who you know but being able to truly evaluate okay hey it, like look we we've we've covered this before donnie there's plenty of things that Donnie did over the last 10 years that have not been great, but he did do some pretty awesome things that were real low key, bringing in guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, bringing sure. in 
you know, undrafted. Yeah, absolutely. Kleba, Kleba uh, man. Absolutely. Think about, um, think about uh, eight years ago when we brought Monte Ellis here, right? The yeah. league was done with Monte Ellis. You know, that he was, nobody wanted him. And so we were able to get him for fairly cheap. And he balled out here. He mm-hmm. balled out. Um, you know, there's those kinds of things is what worries me more. And that's where I'm hoping we, and we don't know, no one knows really, but I'm hoping that that's where Finley's experience over the last few years, plus whoever else they kind of fill into the brain trust of the front office. I'm hoping that they have some, some, you know, I'm hoping that Finley learned a whole lot from Donnie and that there are some people in there that really know bat the really know the league really know the the bottom 200 players not just the top 50 i know i agree man and and the reason why i agree with you is because for us to excel and take it to the next level it's about a complete roster and it's about not missing up not messing up a draft pick it's about not 10 years ago when they picked up the eight foot tall indian fellow who never played a minute it's about utilizing every single yeah yeah it's about utilizing every single every single draft pick and asset you have to make your team better and make your, your team competitive, right? And this is a step in the right direction because this is exactly, I'm giddy about it because this is what I wanted. When I said this, when I said what I wanted, this was 100% what I wanted. Like, boom, like it, they filled the need exactly. Now I'm a guilty person of like a Josh Richardson trade, right? I loved it at the time. Hell, I still love it right now because it was the right move. Yeah. It you didn't work. It didn't work, but it was the right move. And you can't look at me in the face and say that it wasn't because he was the kind of player you needed to put with Luca, who could shoot the three, who had a good mid-range game, who could defend, who could handle the ball. It just didn't work. Did you see Kendrick Perkins? Yeah, Josh Richardson looked like he didn't have a very good time in Dallas because of Luca. No, that's because Rich Rick Carlisle benched his ass because he wasn't performing anymore for Tim Hardaway. Luca didn't make that decision there, dipshit. All right, we'll go back. We'll get off that right now. But point being is that this is exactly what the team needed. Now, what they do with it is the next step, right? I'm be watching so, 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 so very closely to see, A, are we just going to, like, it's DeRozan? Is it, is it, let's make DeRozan our number one priority, make it happen, and then KP's our third best player, maybe fourth if Brunson excels, or is it, we don't get him now exhibit a we're moving kp right yeah like okay it's like hey we're gonna go after DeRozan first if we can't do it we gotta spin this guy because we gotta you know like i'm intrigued to see what what the plan is i don't know if portland would give you cj mccullum for him but i know they're they're about to shake their shit up especially since dame's not demanding a trade like it was breaking news today he will not ask to be traded right yeah, no. Well, look. On that note, and we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about Dame because, like you said, he's not asking for a trade. Obviously, he's not asking for a trade. Like people were freaking out about it, and the whole time I just wanted to throw. My, I was just almost through my phone because obviously he's not going to ask for a trade. Chauncey Billups isn't going to take that job. Chauncey Billups has turned down other jobs. He's not going to take that job without some kind of assurance from Dame that he's at least going to be there for a year well, or two to give him a fair shot. It's exhibit one. So if you're a team where your player is not happy and you know the clock's ticking, what do you do first? 
you find him a coach. You fire you the coach. Shake it up. You, find somebody you fire the coach. You bring yeah. in a new coach and you shake up the roster. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is trade a Damian Lillard, uh, a whoever, right? Yeah. So CJ McCollum, sorry, my man. I like him. I'd love him on the Mavs. He gone. Like that's that had that is their biggest that and Nurkic. They're their two biggest trade chips, in my opinion. Now, so I, I got to say this, because I, I was thinking about it more and more and more since our last podcast. Sure. And, and I'm not sold on this thought yet, but it's just a thought that I can't get out of my head, which is, do we, is it the best idea to trade KP? No, because I, I honestly don't think that it is right now, unless you get a great deal in return, man. So he, he, my, my only, my only caveat to this thing I'm, I'm going to say is if the reports that are coming out now are true about how how bad his and Luca's relationship is, then okay, fine. You got to do what you got to do. But if that's just being overblown, which is what I think is probably happening, then I at least want to wait till around the trade deadline before before they move him because I want to see a what a full healthy offseason because this would be the first time he's had a full healthy offseason as a matter. Right. Yes. Two, new coach, new system, right? three um with a healthy offseason also also it will going into this following season a lot of people one of the big knocks on him was how much how much time he missed right not just for injuries but for uh for load management but load load management was super prevalent this year not just for him because of the way the schedule was because they had a compacted season because of the COVID situation after the bubble that while he's going to miss time, he's never, never going to be an 82 game player. I don't think he's going to miss nearly as much time. And I would really like to see what he does in a Jason kid offense, you know, and, and maybe, maybe worst case, not worst case scenario, but maybe he'll at least, bring his value up a little bit so that we can get something a little more legit for him. Sure. You're no, fine. no, I, I agree. So I think to me, the most enticing roster the Mavs could put out next season would be KP, DeMar DeRozan and Luca. Oh, it'd be great. Now, that, now there are 30 teams that would like to have DeMar DeRozan, including the Spurs. So he's what's done the there. likelihood of that happening? I don't know. I think he's done there. I do think, yes, I do think I could, we could rule out the Spurs for sure. And I, I mean, unless it's a sign and trade. Yeah. Sign and trade is a possibility, but I think, I think there's two teams you can pretty much count him out on. And that's the Spurs and the Raptors. I don't think he's going to either one of those. No. You're probably okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But other than that, I'll, I'll say that there's 28 teams that are interested. And, and with that, that being said, that means you're competing with all those teams. So I don't know what the likelihood of that happening is going to be. So I think that you have to really look at yourself and say that, you know, we've had the, the KP thing for two years. This is a total different scenario and it's exciting. I know that Cuban believes in him, but we got a GM that's new that, and KP wears Adidas, number one. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but he does. Apparently people are thinking we're going to trade him because of his shoes, yeah. but anywho. Um, <laughs> I mean, by the way, I, so does Dame, just throwing that out there. Yeah. Like so I like would, Damian Lillard, who people were, <laughs> I would, I would strongly listen to offers, but it would take like I wouldn't like I don't think it would be bad if, if the Mavs found a reason like a way to get Kelly Oubre and Spencer Dinwiddie. 
on our team to go with Luca and Porzingis, I think that could be good too. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. There's so many different angles that, that could happen here. You know, with, with trading, you're, I, you, I don't think you trade them unless you're getting two good players and draft capital, in my opinion. And I, and I don't think he's earned that much to trade away yet. I don't I'm, think. No, no, no. I, and look, I don't, I don't think you trade. I'm not going to say that it's got to be two good players in draft capital because it would depend on, on the players, right? Hypothetically, there are, there's 20 players, 25 players. I, I, realistic, 20 to 25 realistic players that I would consider trading him for straight up, right? Uh, but I, I don't think you're going to get any, I don't think you're going to get any of them right now where it's going to be worth it. It's just not, I don't think, you know, unless you, and let, again, if, if it's true that his relationship with Luca is just that bad, then fine. Let's get it. Let's, let's, let's pull the parachute and get it over with now, rip the bandaid off and start over because dragging it out is probably, if their relationship is that bad, then him playing at the start of next year is probably not going to do anything but hurt right. trade value. And you can trade him now. And that's before free agency starts. Absolutely. And you can still have that money to go after DeRozan too. Absolutely. You could trade and get fill in the blank. And then still, if you if that's your coveted guy, Pascal you could still Siakam. make a run at him too. Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I saw that. You saw that number? We don't have a number seven pick to offer. I know. You know? But I, I, I don't know. I wonder... I do it. I'm intrigued. I would take the number seven pick, and I, the money doesn't make sense. But I would take the number seven pick and Wiseman and Ubre for KP. I would do it without Ubre. You know, I would. I would make them give me Ubre. I, I would love to have Ubre, but I would take the seven pick and and Wiseman just for. I would do that. I would accept that. I wouldn't. I would rather have mm -hmm. Ubre as well, but so, I would accept. So I'm intrigued. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So speaking of fun, Jason Kidd is the coach. All right. We view this one different. Yes. So the reason why I'm for it is because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like I coaching is like so important. Like I owe an apology to Ty Lue because that man has grown tremendously with his adjustments and done a great job in the playoffs this year. Absolutely. Coaching matters so, so, so much in the playoffs because of the rotations because of the timeouts, because of controlling the flow of the game, the plays you draw up, all of those things. So I'm not bashing coaching by any way, shape, or form. The reason why I like Jason Kidd is because I don't think Luca needs a ton of coaching. He needs coaching. But, I mean, I don't know if he needs a Rick controlling type personality. And what intrigued me the most about Kidd and why I've been Team Kidd from the beginning is because he spent the last two years watching the ultimate version of what we'd hope Luca will be, which is LeBron yeah. from the sideline. He's been at every single Laker game. He's been their coach and, or they're one of their assistant coaches, excuse me. And that's the kind of basketball, like LeBron's playing where I would like Luca to start playing next year. When, if we can get another predominant ball handler, ball handler, excuse me, LeBron will still get a triple double any night and still can, but there's some nights he doesn't need to. And it's Schroeder or it's fill in the blank, right? It's Carusco. It's someone out there, you know, getting the job done. So that's why I like the aspect. Also, kid, Damian Lillard wanted kid. Damian Lillard said, I want Jason Kidd. Yeah. 
it attracts me to think that my coach is a guy that one of the biggest stars in the league wanted to have on his team. LeBron, sad to see you go. That's big. That also helps my bringing player here opinion. Yeah. Now, do I think he is as good as an X and an O guys as Rick Carlisle? I do not. But if having a good X and an X's and O's coach means that we continue to have a roster as mediocre as what we've had to put out there, then give me mediocre coaching all day long. As long as he can control the game flow, I think I'm okay. So I'll pass the baton to you now on your thoughts. Sure. I've got my, okay. So my thoughts, kind of like what we talked about last podcast, where it was a good thing that we didn't do a podcast the day of the hiring, because my thoughts have evolved quite a bit, right? Initially, I was very not happy about the Jason Kidd hiring, not for the reason that everybody else was unhappy about it with the whole, uh, let me, let me say this first and foremost, I am under no circumstances whatsoever ever okay with domestic abuse or spouse abuse it's a fucked thing don't put your hands on a woman that that i said that it ought to be common sense but i said that so that i can say this he did that 20 years ago it is not a black and white situation right because it wasn't 16 months ago man like no no, like were these people and not to cut you off, the people that are calling for his head and saying he shouldn't have a coaching job because of this, were they rooting for the fucking team in 2011 when we won a championship? Because it had already happened then. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's very, 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 very asinine. Man, like, this really, I'm sorry, I'm going to get heated again. I'm, I'm boiling point right now. I was such a fucking piece of shit in my 20s. Yeah. All right? Now, I didn't hit anybody. Never put my hand on a woman. So let me make that very fucking clear. But I, man, like I, if I could get in a time machine and look at that, I was a disgusting human fucking being. And if these motherfuckers on the internet would write him off, like, where would they, like, dude, like, I am a father now. I freaking, like, you know, I have a good job. I have a nice house. I'm married. Like, life is, I've turned my shit. People are capable of change. And if you don't think so, fuck you, man. Right? Yeah. Like it's, it's disgusting to think if people, if I, if I was a public figure and people understood how big of a piece of trash I was, that I'd be, it's disgusting, dude. I get that we're more woke, man. I get it. And it's amazing that we're more woke as a country, as a country. That's badass, dude. But not to the point where something that happened 20 fucking years ago, you need to be rubbing the rub that like that, that that's, that's too much, man. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. Look a- again. Uh, and, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to spend our entire podcast talking. Sorry. About this. No, no, I'm not saying for for you. I'm saying that as much to myself also, because I'll go on a tangent just like you did, because I feel the same way. But uh, if we don't, if we as a society can't find a way to allow people to have second chances for just about no matter what crime they commit, then we're gonna we're going to have to seriously wrestle with what to do with people after they've made a mistake. That's all I'm going to say. But the reason I wasn't stoked about the J kid hiring was because he was not a hugely successful head coach. No, losing records. He had yeah, yeah, losing, losing record. record. He um, had some pretty good teams. I mean, the year after he got, he, he, 
lost in the first round in Milwaukee his last year there, got fired. The very next year with basically the same roster, Coach Bud got that team to a 60-win season. So well, middle wasn't Middleton injured though that season? Mm-mm. He was he was injured partially, but he like uh, ripped his for, hamstring or something. Yeah, for part of the season, but it wasn't it, he was healthy for the playoffs. It was still a first round ouster. The next year they won 61 games and made it to the conference. And finals. he's not that great of a coach either, in my opinion. No, he's not. No, yeah. no, he is yeah. absolutely not. But yeah. um, and and he did he did some pretty shitty backstabby stuff when he was the coach of of jersey or brooklyn or whatever they were at the right. time doesn't really matter so i wasn't super stoked on it but where my thoughts have evolved is is this one if i'm gonna knock him for his past coaching problems i've also got to get him give him credit for his coaching uh pluses and number one is he was he is at least or we have evidence that he is an outside of the box thinker because when he took over the job in Milwaukee, uh, Giannis was nothing more than a stretch power forward. And it was Jay Kidd who said, you know what, man, we can run the offense entirely through you. You basically are going to become a seven foot tall point guard. And it completely changed Giannis's game. It turned him into an MVP. So I'll give him credit for that. Um, and the fact you already mentioned it, the fact that he has sat for two seasons behind Frank Vogel and learned from who I think might be one of the two or three best head coaches in the league, uh, just across the board, not just X's and O's, but ego management. Remember how good that Indiana team was? Speaking of which with Paul George and him. And- Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's a terrific head coach under yeah. incredibly underrated. Sure. So, um, and and the fact that he was willing to go take an assistance job, because I think he probably, while it may not have been a premier job, I think he probably could have got another head coaching job and uh, maybe not right away, but fairly quickly. And he took an assistance job because I think he realized I went literally from being a player to I retired the next day, signed a contract as a coach. And that's not how that's supposed to go. So I will give him credit for that. I am excited very much about the possibility of what he is going to do to draw premier talent here. Players want to play with and for him. And right. more than anything else, he stylistically, not physically, but stylistically is more like Luca than any player currently on the planet other yeah. than LeBron. Especially his last, I mean, he was big bodied, yeah. you know, posting yeah. people up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think I think he could do wonders for for Luca, um, and as long as Luca is good with it and happy, then I couldn't care if they put a fucking sock puppet in his head sure. because I know, man. You, you were saying something about this earlier, and it was it's very true. Like Rick Carlisle is, in my opinion, the best X's and O's coach in the league currently. I th- I think he's the best just on X's and O's. I think he's the best, but what that does is that raises your floor. It doesn't raise your ceiling. It raises your floor. Right. Well, right? hey, like, same roster with Chris LeVert, another season healthy, they'll probably be the three or four seed yeah. without making That's moves the, with but, Indiana, right? But, but, like, the year we won the championship, Carlisle had a lot to do with that. But, again, it's a, it's a hard thing to explain. I think you understand what I'm saying. I hope the people listening understand what I'm saying. 
Rick Carlisle raised the floor of that team. He did not raise the ceiling. Dirk and Jay Kidd and Tyson Chandler raised the ceiling of that team and right. made it possible for us to actually go through and get the run. Yeah. The ceiling yeah. is the roof, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ceiling is the roof. And, uh, and I think Jay Kidd as a coach could raise the ceiling because he's going to bring in premier talent. He's not going to get in their way. He's not going to grind them down. I think good coaching, generally speaking, is about raising the floor of a team, except for do players want to come play for you? Sure. You know, the personality part of it is where you raise the ceiling as a coach. And Rick was terrible at that. The law of attraction is a very, very, very big thing. And yeah. the Mavs have done nothing for a decade besides strikeout. Yeah. Like that, 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 that 2008 to 2011 run of success was a very spoiling thing for me. Like watching get the matrix right in a trade, um, watching us get Jason Kidd in a trade, uh, Tyson Chandler for Eric Dampier, um, right? Just, so many things that they did, Karan Butler and Hayward and Stevenson for Josh Howard. Yeah. Right. Yep. So many moves they made just Which, I was so butthurt about that trade at the time, but I was, was not at all wrong. But I love Josh Howard. That was my dude. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So so all those things just I was very spoiled for moves. And I I believed Cuban when he said what he said after they busted up the team and they brought in Odom. And then it was, we're trying for Howard. Then it was, we're trying for Darren Williams. Then it's, we're trying for, you know, Carmelo Anthony. And then it's, we're trying. And eventually it's just like, I am to the point now where I expect nothing and maybe I'll just be surprised. Right. Yeah. And both these moves were made. I think Cuban finally got it. Yeah. Like I don't have a team. I don't have the players yet. I don't have the situation where I'm an attractive free agent destination. I need to change what's going on under the hood to make people uh, to, to see if that change. And, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. If you get, if you bring in Jason Kidd, like, so like what, what's going to be worse for your franchise, right? You hire Nico and you hire Jason Kidd, or you stick with what you have. If you stick with what you have, I think we already know what the end result is going to be. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. By changing it up, at least we don't know. And we're in force unforeseen territory right now where we don't know what's going to happen. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, I think like you were saying a second ago, I think he sat back at, at the end of that series. I, and I think he looked at it and went the, the way this team is currently constructed. I really truthfully, I, and I don't think he was planning on firing Rick. I think Rick left after everything else. Uh, but I think he looked at it and he went, okay, I've got two real assets. I've got real assets. I mean, rock solid assets. I've got a 22-year-old player who is, no matter how down on him you may be, no, you can't say he's any worse than the 10th best player in the league. Right. That is way low, but worst case scenario, 10th best player in the league. Sure. And I've got one of the two or three best X's and O coaches in the league. What else can I, how can I get us to the next step? And, uh, and, and, is what I have going to work? And he looked at what Donnie had done, his track record, realized it wasn't going to happen and just started ripping band-aids. Yeah. And, and, and Rick, like we talked about it last episode, Rick knew 
as a GM, when a new GM comes in and you, if they keep the coach, it's you're on limited time, you know, like you're not going to be there too much longer theoretically, because they're going to want to bring in their own guy. They're going to do their own team. And that's just the way it is. And Rick wanted to get, uh, he saw, you know, the jobs that were open and wanted to take a move. And it kind of disappoints me with all the, the Mavs fans that are really like upset about Mosley. Like, I think Mosley would have been, is a great candidate, but the fact that he hasn't really, I mean, no one else is really interviewing him either. He's maybe just not ready. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that you, it's the same thing. Like, why would a GM, like, why would a new GM come to to some place just to hire the assistant coach of the yeah. team that the guy just let? That's that, that's not a thing. No, because you normally have a whole new staff and everything else. So that's kind of my last my last piece on everything. Is first off, I'm sorry for getting so angry. I just get so mad. I got like so 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 furious over this Jason Kidd situation. It like pisses me off to like I it infuriates me because. Man, if, if, if second chances weren't a thing, where would I be right now? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's disgusting would, to me. Where would everyone be? Everyone. Yeah. Look, we don't have to sit here and air all our personal stuff. Suffice it to say that you and I and everyone listening on this podcast, between the ages of, say, 16, for those who got started early, and 30, made a mountain of mistakes. Maybe not all of them or any of them were as bad as putting your hands on a woman. But by the way, that situation is not as black and white as a lot of people think it is. Right. Look into it. The information's out there. The police reports are out there, right? It's, a, it's not black and white. It is not. It is he said, she said. The situation is not clear, right? And clearly that relationship was toxic. But let's also take a look at where he's at now, right? He runs a, uh, he's been married for over a decade to a different woman, right? From all accounts, they have a perfectly fine, stable relationship. There have been no issues since. He did have a uh, DWI, but I've had a DWI, so I can't say shit. I should have had like 94 of them. Yeah. I mean, I I got one on my 21st birthday. So is, you know, it's, again, people make mistakes. But what, what he runs a, a, a girls basketball team. He, there is, there is clearly, there has been growth in his life. I'm not saying the dude is, is a saint. I'm saying, let's give him a chance. He, and the people who say that they don't have a problem with him being a head coach, but it's about him being a head coach at this organization because of the things that came out a couple of years ago the uh i'm sorry I, I can't remember her name who's the the president of the, oh, the cynthia marshall sin sin marshall sin marshall signed off on this yeah. right uh i should tell you all you need to know yeah, that exactly yeah, i was gonna say that's the end of it if sin she marshall was, signs she off was, on came, she was brought into clean house yeah and she did she did yeah. and if sin marshall signs off on it that's it there's nothing more to say about it you know that that we we give him the chance and and you have to you have to give people a chance to to prove that they have rehabilitated themselves yeah you know like i said that's that's how i want to close is just saying that a as, as a maps fan i'm ecstatic because i think that i'm way more optimistic about what because i don't know right there would be a lot of not pest yeah pessimism 
in our free agency talks coming up if it was Donnie and Rick. Like, okay, man, maybe we can do this. Maybe we can do that. But it's still like a, in the back of my mind, like, really? But it never happens. And right now, I don't know. I'm really intrigued to see what it is. And we'll see. Neil, I, I want to, one other thing. And then sure. I promise I'll quit saying one other thing. Oh, you're fine. Um, one uh, other thing. It's just, it's a shame that it's this offseason when it all happened. Because the, the free agent market's okay, right? But it's not like. Not great. No, it would have been awesome if this had all gone down like two years ago and they were really in place for last year's free agent market. We could really see how loyal to L.A. LeBron was or something along those lines, right? right. But the same thing is it's, it's too bad it's this offseason. I also don't want everybody to judge oh. at least I, I want Nico can't be judged on this offseason alone. Because while there is option, I want to wait. I want to give them a full calendar year. I want to see how they do this offseason and next offseason. And if it's a dumpster fire after that, then pull the parachute and find, you know, move on, like you said. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Down. I think I'm with you uh, as far as KP goes. I'm okay. And it depends. I'm okay depending on what we do. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. If we if we make it where he's two B or three, I think I'm very okay because he can be a very 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 good player. Um, I'm not okay. How much, like, how much is like, Rick can wear on you, dude? Yeah. Like we, we know he wore on Jason Kidd. He wore on. I mean, we know it's a thing. So I'm 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 excited, man, and I'm excited we have listeners. I'm excited for the podcast. I'm excited to see where all this goes, man. Yeah. Free agency is like the end of the month. So we've got the draft coming up in about two weeks, three yeah. weeks. Yeah. Are the Mavs going to get into the draft somehow is what I'm very intrigued with. This is supposed to be one of the more deep drafts. Yeah, I, I think I think they'll end up in the draft. I don't think it's going to be – I don't think they're going to end up in the, you know, top 12 or something like that. But I think they'll get in there. I could see, I could see them ending up with a top 15 pick finding a way to get that to happen i'm intrigued man yeah i think there's like because kleba and finney smith are about to get paid a lot more than what their contracts are so those are two guys that you could trade for a second round pick late first possibly i just don't know unless you trust what you're building right now if it's worth giving up one of those two guys for a guy you don't know right yeah. now is my opinion i don't want to give up on dodo i'm fine if they want to move right. kleba but right. I think I'm with you on Kleba. That would be the guy. Even though he's he's so pretty. He's a very pretty man. Yeah. I just say, uh, you know, my wife would be sad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, look, he, he's good looking and uh, he's a solid defender, which is something we are uh, lacking on this team. But yeah. um, I think at the end of the day, if this team was if if he is on the roster and this team is truly a championship contender, he's not going to be seeing a lot of rotation minutes anyway. Sure. You know, that it, just, it is what it is. Um, so see if you can see if you can go turn them into something, something useful. Boom. Boom. Well, that's it folks. This is the goal line fade. Brian, anything you want to say in closing? Are you good? Uh, no, I'm good to go. Thank you for listening folks. Yes. Thanks for the listens. Uh, this one got passionate. We went, I think longer than we thought. And I think it's okay. Cause it was a good episode. Uh, just we're gonna keep doing our thing we're not going anywhere so we appreciate everybody who chimed in whether it's one person or 97 
and uh, we'll keep we'll keep it alive. We got another episode coming next week, and uh, we'll see what we talk about. The way we're going, something cool is about to happen that we need to talk about. So it's uh, it seems like there's always something. So I like it. This is Zach signing off. You guys have a good day. Peace.